was mean, like, that's crazy. Yeah, but no, yeah, yeah. Because you were Wake well, Forest guy, that's why you. I was a Wake Forest. My parents both went there. You know, back when before it cost sixty thousand dollars a year to go there, and um, yeah. So, and my my, you know, my my grandfather, Papa Earl Shelton, is an OG Stokes County boy. Moved from. Lossville, kind of like the border between Lossville and Sandy Ridge to Winston to work for AT&T. And um, Wake was just like the hometown team. So he started getting involved in that. And then dad went to Wake and that was kind of into that. But um, uh, yeah, so I grew up going to Wake basketball games. With them well, you, uh, like your family had some pretty good tickets there for a few years. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me, mom, and papa did. Yeah, for sure. They were right there behind the behind the basketball goal, and um, but oh man, talk about things that have gone gone by the wayside. Um, <laughs> right. But the other thing I wanted to say though was just like talking about conversations in the classroom and what they prepare you for and all that kind of stuff, and like like and it made me wonder about this too. One question or one thing that I was thinking about is like Patrick, would you have connected with? the place you were from no matter where that was because you're patrick what was stokes county about that connection the second thing was like you know being in jack like social studies class or whatever the hell it was when i was like a freshman or sophomore freshman year i think spring term my freshman year that guy that guy that guy okay he would sit up in his little chair his little swivel chair sucking on a blow pop and and writing on his overhead projector is acetate, yep. you know, just like mm-hmm. facts or whatever. But, and then like would talk baseball or wrestling, baseball right. or wrestling, baseball or wrestling. And he was specifically talking with like three people and the rest of us were just there as audience members for this. Then I remember there was one time I was, there was one time when we were in there and he asked, does anybody in here, this is how I framed the question, does anybody in here believe that gays should have the same rights as everybody else? And I was the only motherfucker to raise my hand. And I was looking at my I was looking at these guys. And I was like, I know you guys agree with me. I know you guys agree with me. But they were scared, you know? Yeah. That's and probably, I get it. That's probably why I asked But he question. had already, like, I was, like, in a defiant stage. I was, like, painting my nails <laughs> in my class. And he thought that was, like, he was, like, disgusted by that, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's like, anyway, so my point is, those conversations also prepare people to see the world a certain way. So it prepares some people like to feel like it's not okay to think that this is that there's a space for queer people on the earth. Right. Because the person with authority is asking if anybody believes that these people should have the same rights as everybody else. It's crazy, you know? So it's like, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. I, 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 like I, I am proud of being. I'm so proud of being from North Carolina, and and I think part of that is just being able to to be pissed off about it forever. You know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, son of a bitch. We do that. How many times, Patrick? How many times have we like gone on some long rant and then finally we say whatever we're originally talking about like 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes later it's, it's what we do i mean like this is why yeah. like matt's the perfect guest yeah like this, this is what we do you know it only we only we only like enable each other to just yeah. talk about whatever <laughs> but, 
I mean, that's that's what it is. Like, but we're gonna get into it, Pat. Yeah, Matt. Before so whatever you're about to say, I'm gonna say no. Can you guys no, make no, this, this like cut you feel off. more like we're in a uh, a grand down right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think <laughs> like Pat Phillips riding in the middle seat in the back, yeah. and I'm in the passenger side, and Patrick's driving, and I've got scars on my hands. I don't know if y'all can see. Um, I can't. Right there. Mm-hmm. I've got scars on my hands from where I dropped a cookie in that Grand Am. And like I went down with my right hand to get, I was so hungry. It was after baseball practice. I was so hungry. I went down <laughs> and something like took a chunk out of my hand. So I went into with the other hand, took another chunk out. And then I went like full out for the biggest scar back to my right hand. I got my cookie, but you say Grand Am. We had some adventures in that thing, and I still have the scars to show it. <laughs> so let's just imagine that we're in that Grand Am, and and Matt brought the CD and, and popped it in. Yes, but it's not it's not 1997. Yeah, 2015s. Yeah, yeah, Thunder Bitch. Uh, Brittany Howard. Matt, I have because I'm gonna I want to follow Phillips' lead on this because you know he runs the show, he runs he runs yeah. the place. But remind me because like I do have I do have one thing that's not <laughs> Thunder Bitch that like we we neglected <laughs> to talk about last time. We haven't talked about this time. Just before the night is over. Okay. I got one okay. thing. You want to cover it now, Patrick? Well, no, I was because we didn't. You know, we always ask because you don't feel like a guest on this show. Like okay. you just don't. And but yeah. like. We always ask about like what your favorite restaurant, what your favorite place to eat from your hometown or like where you are or whatever. And yeah. we haven't done that with you. I've realized that like, you know, I, I'm actually curious as to, you know, if you had to go back to Stokes County, where would you go and eat? I mean, that's a perennial question because everywhere, I, every time I go back, all the places I used to eat are closed. So, where did you like? Uh, where would you go? Because I know Purple Cow. Well, I mean, but that's yeah, like Purple Cow was like was where it was at um for a little while i mean that was right down the road and then johnny's um which is now danbury general um you could get you know really awesome biscuits there um the thing is like these, these places earn names and then the ownership changes but you still call it the same thing you know so there's like dan river family restaurant but we just mm-hmm. call that manuals you know because it used to be manuals I mean, it's sad to say, but like one of my favorite things to do when I go back home is go to Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> do you not have that like where you are? I do, but it's just not the same to go where <laughs> I am versus to go like with my family. I feel like I have a different kind of sanction about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, I love Bojangles, but it's not, it's not healthy food. You know, it's not good right. for you. I can't, I can't justify eating that at my age, you know, my level of activity on any level, you know? Growing up, my my mom took us to the the club pool in North Carolina in a in a Wanna Cove every year, uh, every summer. So we would have a membership, and it was just like a concrete plot with like a pool in the middle, and it had a a brick building with a couple bathrooms in it and some vending machines. But it was like you know we had a diving board, and there was like a a wading pool for babies and stuff like that. And like we would spend two or three hours there every day in the summer, you know, lower cascades. Try to hit that every time I go back or close to it or go to Hanging Rock. But now I'm really excited about the new stuff that's there. Like, like I love going to the arts place and I love, like we went, we were there in July and we went to this brewery out in Francisco called Midsummer. Huh. Have you been there? No, I didn't know that existed. It's great, man. The beer was really good. 
Josh and his uh, Josh and his girlfriend are playing a gig there Saturday night, and uh, they're called Carolina Twine. Nice. Um, anyway, they're playing a gig there. So, so I, Philip, I was just telling Patrick asked me the question about like what spots you like to you miss or want, wish you could go to. I mean, I didn't have like and like yeah, you guys are talking about the team landscapes or whatever. I'm just like Dario. You know, like I, I used, or like Taco Bell, like that's the place that I went to the most in King was Taco Same. Bell, Same. you know, um, <laughs> yeah, because of passion. But now you have, you know, there's this um, luxury resort in just across the state line in Virginia called Primland. And you're starting to see some fallout trickle down of that. So there's like a, there's like some kind of event, like a, when I say event center, I just mean like place where people get married or something like that right and like a restaurant near Mm -hmm. near midsummer Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean now that people are able to work from wherever they want even more so than before the pandemic i think you'll probably have more people who are moving away from the from the triangle and the triad and moving up there which is i think a good thing as long as they can get tapped into actually like being connected to other people that are from there which is not an easy task. Now, Matt, where exactly are you now? I know you're in Virginia, but like, where where do you live now? I live in Earlyville, Virginia, which is about 20 minutes northwest north northwest of Charlottesville. Okay. Um, but I work at UVA. Right. So, um, like, eventually, we're going to come and visit you. Yeah, come on. Now that we've all re- reconnected and stuff, like, when we go, where are you going to take us to eat? My favorite restaurant is probably Peter Chang's. Chinese restaurant, which is the guy, he has a couple different spots. One's in Richmond, one's in Charlottesville, and one's in Nova. He used to be the um, chef for the Chinese embassy in D.C. Mm. So it's just really good. It's just really, really good. And you and you encounter flavors that you don't typically encounter in American Chinese food. And, you get, and the portions are huge. And it's just awesome. There's like you, as one of Emily's coworkers says, you can't throw a cat without hitting a vineyard here. So there's vineyards and breweries everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Um, so uh, probably We're not going to the Trump vineyard. I'm that's the first place we got to go to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> there's so many. There's so many. So like, um, I really like um, Champion is probably my favorite um, beer wise. Um, and uh, but then there's we live five minutes from a, from a vineyard. That's like a, a really cool place to go to a Friday night. They have live music and it's a giant field and they have like a, I mean, this is like pre COVID and now we can kind of do it in the summer, but it also was like filled with anxiety. Like you just come and bring your kids and the kids just run wild. All the grownups are like, are like kids take care of each other and we don't have anything to do with that. This is never, never land for you and for us. Right. And they, they have a couple of food tri- food trucks out there and you listen to music and drink wine and, um, and eat food. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do, especially your first time here. Now, the, the thing is, Patrick, I probably will take you to do like two of those things because I also have small children yeah. and just have to like build everything around 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 them. But yeah, we could, you know, just like with this podcast, we could stretch it out to a couple different trips. But yeah, you guys, I would love for you guys to come up and see what there is to see. Have you not been to have you not been to Charlottesville, Patrick? I, I've been through it. I've never actually like been oh. driven through it, but never no. We've been a few times and we would take what a couple times we brought the kids 
and would stay close to that that kind of promenade you were talking about, and we just kind of hang around there and go. Yeah, to a I mean, other you spots. don't have to go anywhere else. I'll we'll take you guys like to Lampo picking. for sure. Lampo's like yeah, the best like awesome. wood fired pizza place you've you've ever had. There's so many restaurants. There's so many. There's there's a lot of stuff to do if you have money. There's there's also a fair amount of stuff to do if you don't have money. So as Matt's driving us around to the vineyard, he's popping in the CD thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're gonna. Yeah. What are we enjoying about it? We're gonna drive around Old Virginia and listen to <laughs> Thunder Bitch. It'll, it'll be like listening to uh, the rentals going to the beach. Absolutely, right. listen to the rentals going to the beach. I was like so glad about that connection, Philip, because I was like. What's his name? Matt. What's his name? What's what's his Matt, Matt Sharp. Matt Sharp. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's what I liked about Weezer. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and I would like to know what that guy is doing now. Um, he's probably like writing music for kids' shows or something. Like yeah, that. he's and, doing like, his own little thing, paying his bills. Yeah, well, what the the lead singer of Presidents of the United States of America does kids' music now. Nice. Oh, <laughs> he never he never he never wasn't doing kids' music. As, yeah. yeah, that's true, but he's doing it more intentionally as Casper Baby Pants. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> I was just re-listening to it today to get uh -huh. ready, yeah. um, to Thunderbitch today to get ready. Um, I, I don't know. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it. I, I have my own my own thoughts and hot takes or whatever, but like, um, yeah, favorite tracks? Yeah, I got favorite tracks. I, I really like it. I love it. Patrick, I, I mean, it's kind of right up, as I mentioned before, it's right up my alley in terms of just like a kind of garage rock. It reminds me of those kind of proto or early punk days, those those kind of punk albums mm -hmm. that I love. I love that stuff and kind of lo-fi, just kind of simple stuff like that. So it's right up my alley. But Right. Yeah, so I like, I'm like hearing it. I'm like thinking about the Stooges and I'm thinking about MC5, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like, like these, yeah. like, um, uh, but but yeah, Patrick. So I get dislike it. I first off, I you know two thumbs up definitely. I Matt, it made me so. You know, for for our, our lovely listeners out there, and and Philip, uh, we're we've got most of the country has at least listened to something, right? Like you know, there's people yeah. from all over the place, and and yeah, eleven states that are falling behind, but eleven yeah. states, oh yeah. We'll we'll get those eleven. We'll fill they in the rest. Maine of and New Hampshire and 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 Idaho, they got some work to do. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll get them. We'll get them. Yeah, but, we got. You know, we we reconnected. You know, for this and and this was the album that you you suggested us talk about all this stuff and and so you know this is kind of a um, obviously this is the second recording because we just talked so much because we can talk forever and we do mm -hmm. but but. Um, mm -hmm. When I was reviewing my notes, because I, you know, same as you, I wanted to refresh myself. So when I got home, I threw this album on again mm -hmm. and, and listened to it again today, um, just so it's fresh. And, you know, I, I went back through my notes and it made me laugh because a lot of what I felt the first time I listened to this album was the same that I felt now. And like the uh -huh. first notes that I took were, were just, you know, it made me smile because it took me back to high school. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and and it made me think of like this is exactly what Matt Shelton would would put on and say hey listen to this and this is what I would get it. You know, same way that you introduced me to to Sunny Day Real Estate um, Jump Little Children uh, Less Than Jake and I can mm -hmm. continue forever but like mm -hmm. I felt like as soon as I was listening to this this is not something I would have found on my own 
This is yeah. not, this is something that like you, and it had to be you would have told me, check this out. And I loved it um, for the, for the album itself. I thought like it, it was, it's one of those you put on and, you know, Philip, when you and I were talking about dark side of the moon, you know, I told you it's hard to listen to one track from it because like, yeah, yeah. you want it to go. I feel the same way about this album in that like you're listening to an album, you're listening to like the flow of everything. And, yeah. you know, I'm exhausted right now because of a long day of work and, and marching bands in full swing. And this same mm-hmm. as the first time I listened to it. And, and I felt the same way. It was just very calming because it was just like a fun atmosphere that just, you know, flowed. It wasn't one of those, is this is not one of those CDs you just, okay, I've got to go immediately to track three. Cause I know it's going to be good. And then track five and then maybe another, this is one of those that just like, it just felt right. And I, yeah, I, yeah. I know I'm not like speaking intelligently, but it just, it just, <laughs> it felt right. Well, I think, I think that's part of it. Like, like Matt was saying with the Stooges, to me, there's a lack of an intellectual basis for it. And that's okay. It's, it's kind of meant to be kind of dumb, straight up rock. It's kind yeah. of more visceral. It's about kind of like base human emotions of like, you know, it's, anger, it's aggression uh sex and mm-hmm. and like happiness and it's it's those things and i think one thing that like you were saying about like putting that on it's 32 minutes it's yeah it's, it's just really like, short that that really helps too yeah but, exactly but matt why don't you go ahead and give us some of your thoughts too well i um yeah it's really short it's a as patrick was saying it's kind of it's um you know i say this about a couple of different bands but not about the alabama shakes but uh, but uh, but i think it pertains to this album um the War on Drugs. You guys listen to War on Drugs? Incredible. Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're so good. But they play one song. Mm-hmm. They play it a lot of different ways. Yeah. Over and over yeah, and over yeah, again. Yeah. They play one song and I love that one song that they play. You know? <laughs> and this yeah. album is the same way. It's like it's it's like one really long song. Mm-hmm. And it is a the really long song is like I also thought found myself thinking about Tom Petty, not because it sounds like Tom Petty, because Tom Tom Petty was such a good uh he was able to braid together all these strands of American rock music. Like he had mm-hmm. the yeah. stones and the beach boys and the Beatles. And he just like synced them all together in with a little bit of tightness coming from like the post punk era, you know, like it's mm-hmm. like a, just like a tiny bit of like that energy from post punk and new wave, uh, filtering all of that sixties rock through that. And, and I feel that way when I listen to Thunder Bitch, I'm like thinking about MC5 and the Stooges and I'm thinking a lot about T-Rex when I'm listening to this, this record mm-hmm. um, and Zeppelin because when it, anytime you listen to her music, I can't not hear John Paul Jones and John Bonham when the people she's playing with are playing. Just like, I don't know if she demands it or if Brittany Howard demands it or if it's just to gravitate towards her where there's just this rumbling quality to the rhythm section when emily and i used to go out in the olden days before when we had lives um we lived in new orleans we got to go out to hear music it was always about the the great thing about music there so often was that it was it was loose and it was tight at the same time yeah there's a sense that like it could follow it was about to fall apart and would always hit beat on time at the exact same time and and i hear that on this record it's just like comes out the gate like that song leather jacket you know it's just like driving and it really doesn't really let up it does have some 
some more kind of like, uh, I want to say like more like cream type grooves in there at some point where you, or like I was thinking about, um, Jimi Hendrix too, like the ways in which that music was kind of like a little bit proto punk. Yeah. You know, like I think it also pulls from some of those like fifties girl groups, which were also like ripped off by a lot of, um, I mean, even the Beatles, but a lot of those kind of like early punk bands too. So with that, you know, those kind of like where it kind of the the tempo kind of slows down. A yeah, little yeah, bit. that's um when the perspective change and that that yeah. just like boom, 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 boom cha, you boom, know, and boom, boom, and the little spoken word parts and stuff like that. I mean, I, I'm just a sucker for all that stuff. I love it. Well, it's, and so, it's yeah. fresh. It's it's yeah. fresh, but it's also familiar. And so, mm-hmm. like you know, I it's very modern, but but you know, I, I had felt like there's elements of like Mick Jagger in there and, and just the, the, you know, I'm a sucker for sixties music. I mean, this yeah. feels like there's a lot of roots there and, and yeah. that kind of trashy, I love that kind of, you know, I call it like trashy garage rock sound, you know, yeah. like, yeah. you know, Matt, you kind of mentioned new Orleans, like yeah, yeah. it does feel like it's, it's a, a, a train that's teetering, but it never yeah. falls off the track. It's still it never falls off the track. And you know exactly. that it's a hell of a lot more fun riding that train than it is that like <laughs> little thing that you are having to ride with your kids that tweets you. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I mean you 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 want the train that you know is never going to fall off the track, but it's always going to almost make you feel like you fall. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, so the the people she's playing. I think part of it is that the people she's playing with are like deeply steeped. I also found myself thinking about Gillian Welch and Dave Rawlings because of the ways in which they have totally, what's the word I'm looking for? They have uh, set themselves within like a, they have imbued themselves with a history of Americana, right? They have like imbued themselves with the history of old time music and um, gospel music and country music. And to the extent where that's like all the references that they have. Right. Yeah. And there's like this really deep, broad and deep knowledge there. And it's clear that when she's playing with this band, which are all these other national musicians who are from a couple other national bands, um, that they, they all have a deep knowledge of the same style of music, garage rock, surf rock, all the, the stuff that was going on in the sixties to 60s and 70s so it's like this they're deeply familiar with that and proficient in that so it means that they can do that and then also loosen up in a way that refreshes it you know Mm -hmm. i love the backing vocals on this record you know it's like they just sound so kind of casual um and yet you know it's like that feeling of just like playing a song with a bunch of people who also know the same song as you and you've done it a lot of times. So it's like means that you can kind of loosen up and yeah, it's a really great, it's a, it's a really nice experience to listen to. It It, it shows that like there's that expertise that you were talking about and that study and all that stuff, but it allows you to, to kind of pull back and, and be like you're saying, be loose with it and have fun with it. And this is a really fun record. You can mm-hmm. tell the people playing on it are having fun yeah. too. And it's like a live record too. Yeah. You, know, you can just, you can feel 
and and I think one of the notes I had was like, this album needs to be heard live. I want to hear this thing live, <laughs> just the whole record, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you just hear things like even, um, I it reminded me like the ninth track. And one thing that hit me when I read it, listened to it, <laughs> read it, when I uh, listened to it tonight before we got on, it's that, oh, uh, let me do what I do best. Yeah. There's this count off on there. And sometimes there's these like performative count offs, like in the middle of the songs at the beginning of the songs, even, you know, like the Ramones. Like, yeah. Doing yeah. The, what did doing, <laughs> yeah. But um, this one just felt like just like a legit, just kind of cue in the band count off that yeah. I really liked because it wasn't in the microphone. It got picked up by the microphone, but yeah. it wasn't in the microphone. And that's what made it feel like they're playing. It yeah. reminded me, Patrick, We've talked about this band before, but there's a, a King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard album where they have this, and this is one of the albums, one of the five albums they did in 2017. Wow. And so you can hear it when they're playing, and there's this one song. It's kind of a droney song, and it's real repetitive, and it's like seven-minute song. But you can hear like these little yelps, mm -hmm. these random yelps in the song, and they're kind of low in there, but they're, they're cues to mm -hmm. change or to mm -hmm. move to a different part of the song. Mm -hmm. And I just, mm -hmm. I love that little stuff like that. Yeah. I, when we were, when I had first suggested sound and color, that's yeah. Alabama shape. Not sound and vision. Not sound and vision. I call myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was thinking more explicitly about Prince and about um, Parliament Funkadelic with that um and george clinton in general you know just the the kind of like the way that that the way that both of their music kind of like indulges in and i mean that and then like i mean indulges in like sadness indulges in like the more kind of like emo range of emotions and like 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 for the opener for i don't know if you know this track but the the opener for the album um maggot brain just like yeah. really long guitar solo yeah, George yeah. told his guitarist who is this guy from north carolina who of course i can't remember his name right now mm -hmm. um george clinton's from north carolina i i also did not know that you yeah. know along Originally. with alice along with um with um john coltrane and nina simone um yep. all these like mm -hmm. people that have to flee <laughs> yeah exactly. in order to find their greatness and 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 uh transcend their humble beginnings or whatever but like mm -hmm. um he it was right after Jimi hendrix had died um and you know Jimi hendrix was a hero to some of these guitarists and, and he said george clinton said to his guitarist well it's like i wanted to play like you just found out that your mother died and he plays this solo that's just like this soaring like plaintive eulogy you know there's none of that on this record you know, on the Thunder no, Bitch no, record. No, no. You know, this Thunder Bitch record is like, it's a, you know, as, as I was talking about Dave Rawlings in, in the song Pilgrim from his from one of his albums, he talks about, he, he, he calls like basically the, the essence of rock and roll, uh, a pillar of smoke that don't look back, you know? And yeah. there's something about this. That, honestly, it makes me in this like kind of like paternalistic way, like worry about her. Like, I'm like, I hope you're taking care of yourself because you're <laughs> such a fucking rock star. I hope you right, don't. Right. I hope you don't die. You know, 
Well, they yeah, just closed out a tour. Brittany Howard and her band just closed out a tour with my morning jacket that I would have loved to have seen. Wow. Um, but like, this is um, clearly like a lark, you know, musically. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's just like, and I and I think it's really nice in that re- in that way. It's like you, it's, it's like you go to a fancy, a, a very fancy restaurant with a very famous chef. chef and they give you an amuse-bouche. They give you just just this one little thing that's just like a gift from the chef. It's just like a little taste of something that it's not the main dish. It's not the dessert. It's not anything of the big stuff. It's just like this one little pal. And and that's what this feels like to me. It feels, like you said, Patrick, it feels fresh. It feels um, invigorating. It feels light and like, on like an insane amount of methamphetamine at the same time you know <laughs> like, like so it's so fast and so intense matt when we like typically whenever you know philip and i will talk music and not necessarily even for like a show but just whatever you know like we'll do track by track deep dive looking at, at just you know i i found myself and i think part of it we're all musicians here. Like we're all artists. We've all like, you know, gone down those rabbit holes even now, you know, for, I mean, we're, we're for multiple decades, we've allowed ourselves to go down these artistic rabbit holes, which, you know, like cause us all to be overthinkers. I found that like, I wasn't overthinking this album. Yeah. I was like actually enjoying it and not mm-hmm. saying that like you, you, you know, it wasn't intellectually stimulating or that you have to, you know, things have to fall into a certain criteria to be able to enjoy what I found that like, I, I legitimately was able to just sit back and accept what was being given to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I haven't been able to say that about something that was unfamiliar to me in a long yeah. time. You yeah. know, like I, I can, it, it Philip, throw any Beatles album at me. I can sit back and accept it. I can analyze if I need to, or I can just sit back and enjoy it because I know it pretty well. This mm-hmm. was brand new, but you know, the first three tracks ran together for me. Yeah, yeah. And and like I, yeah. it, it, it again, not saying that they're bad or that it was like not worth my attention or whatever. It was just like I had to snap out of it because it engulfed me. It it yeah, yeah. Me it happens in. to you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, hadn't, I hadn't had that in a while. Um, but yeah. I, I want to read a quote. Um, what's her, now? What's her like? Because this is like a side project, right? Yeah. What's her yeah. actual like? What's her story? What's well, her actual... she was in the Alabama Shakes two albums, and then later the the Sound and Color came out, and then like a few months later, she put this out because she was just like, I just have all this extra kinda, shit. You know, got with other these yeah. people and, and put this thing out and yeah. now she's doing solo stuff so i don't know why the shakes are not still active but i do know that the drummer is like facing some yeah. pretty serious charges of like domestic abuse and stuff like that um so the what i know about the story there's a great interview that she did with terry Groves a few years ago if you ever get to hear her talk you should hear her speak because her speaking voice is so different from her singing voice. I mean, she talks, I don't know, you may find it recognizable. I feel like I do, I, mean, I don't want to over 
I don't want to project too much recognition on this, but like, like she, she talks like she like she talks way up here in the front of her mouth. Like she's not opening her mouth a whole lot when she's talking. Um, and uh, so her mom's white, her dad's black. She's from North Alabama. Um, her dad like ran a junkyard, mm. and she spent a lot of time there growing up. I hope I'm getting this stuff right. Um, <laughs> when I, you know, when I was thinking about what about Stokes County in particular, you know, and I think that for me, it, you know, maybe this could happen anywhere, but there was, but definitely it's not rural everywhere, you right. know, and I hated being bored all the time. Patrick, you guys, in a lot of ways, you know, I could say, I, I don't, I don't want to overstate this, but, uh, you guys kind of saved, you guys helped me out a lot, you know, in high school because, uh, I was too lazy and depressed to learn how to drive. And, um, and that would have required me to like ask for things to like form requests and, and express needs. Uh, it's much easier to say, Patrick's going to come pick me up and we're going to go do something. You know, we're going to drive to target. Um, anyway, um, but I do think that there's something about the kind of interior life that you can generate, that you have to generate out of necessity if you're a creative person that grows up in the middle of nowhere. And, um, and I think that you hear that here, or you hear her kind of, um, in all of her music, you hear this kind of like that connection to herself that's like formed by that kind of remoteness and also maybe feeling isolated or maybe feeling lonely, you know, uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, and then also that, like the, 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 the intense energy to get away from that, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, I, I'm probably going to get some of this. I think that there was a story about like somebody putting like a goat, a goat's head in her dad's car. Um, at one point when they lived in some kind of like housing development together, cause people were upset about the mixed race family being there, you know, but she doesn't like to hear her talk about it. No individual factor is like deterministic in terms of her, her outcome or anything like that. Um, I mean, I think she just at a bottom, like she, she's an incredibly talented musician. She's got this brain that by whatever stroke of, chance is like a lightning rod for understanding music and the drive to go with it. Matt, I'm, I'm going to ask, like, <laughs> I want to ask you a question to you. And like, I am going somewhere with this. Okay. So, you know, I, I feel like I have to preface it, this with that because like, you know, I genuinely want to know, but I am leading to something and, you know, Philip knows, you know, I, I, I am who I am. Sorry. Um, did Philip, because all three of us are like within a year of each other. We're all the same age. We're, we're all in different places in our lives with like, you know, y'all have kids. I don't, we, mm -hmm. you know, we, we've all got our own individual lives, but we still have kind of the age in common. Did you guys, cause we're all pushing 40, but did you guys feel different when you turned 30 for whatever reason? I mean, did that change in that number? Did y'all feel different? 
or was it just another year or like because I'm, I'm it definitely, wasn't, really it definitely wasn't just another year it definitely wasn't just another year but it also didn't feel that that different i mean i was when i was 30 i was just finishing i had just finished graduate school my friends made me a pbr fountain um for my 30th birthday so i mean i don't know if that tells you anything about me getting older or not but um um it was like made of like three pbr cans i don't know how they did it but it circulated pbr um wow uh no i i don't think that i i don't think that i felt remarkably different i think i think years that i felt remarkably different would have been when i turned 25 and that was 2007 we'd been in new orleans almost a year at that point and then 35 yeah I, I would agree i think like when i started hitting that second half of that 30s yeah that second half of the decade is when i was just like wait what's going on yeah 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 yeah. Why, why, why are you asking well, that, Patrick? So Get back to it. When I hit 30, I felt different. And it wasn't because the number, it was just like some, physically, it took me more to get out of bed in the morning. It like, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and that was, you know, looking at my, my point in my life, that was, you know, I was in my sixth year teaching and it was my first year teaching middle school, which that can take, you know, I did eight years in middle school and, and uh, it takes a lot out of you. It's yeah, a different. Yeah. They're they're. That's a different. Uh, yeah, it's a different breed. It's a. And no, I, I know. It. Wouldn't trade I it for the world. But yeah, I would. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I, I say that because, like, you know, I felt different when I turned thirty, and you know, I remember. I think I was actually. It was very soon after my thirtieth birthday, because um, you know I'm a January baby, and so usually it's pretty cold. I think we had a. Um, I was visiting my parents and we had like a snow or most likely it was ice, you know, because Stokes County, but, um, uh, I, I couldn't like move my hand. Cause I, you know, I've broken a, a, one of my fingers multiple times and like in the winter it's arthritic. Mm -hmm. And so like, I couldn't, you know, I woke up, I couldn't function. I had to like, you know, crack my knuckles mm -hmm. and then, okay, now I can move my hand again. Uh -huh. I did it. And my dad just started laughing. He's like, yeah, every baseball injury you've ever had at some point, you know, you're going to feel it again. You didn't take care of yourself. Then you're going to feel, you know, he was making fun mm -hmm. of me with it. And he was right. Mm -hmm. I, I say this because like, you know, beyond just the physical attributes of getting older mentally, again, when you talk about the experiences of your life and like the path that your choices, but also your just environment has led you to take, um, you know, I listened to this album and I, I, I dug a little bit deeper with Brittany and and um, I found this. I want to just read this quote from her from the ATO Records website. And this like because it punched me in the gut in the most like efficient way that I've mm -hmm. read a quote in a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and again, I found this after I listened to the album the first time. And so, you know, you got to you got to kind of put these thoughts and feelings together. She said, I'm, I turned 30 and I was like, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? She recalls, do I want to play the same songs until I'm 50 and then retire? Or do I do something that's scarier for me? Do I want people to understand me and know me? Do I want to tell them my story? I'm very private, but my favorite work is when people are being honest and really doing themselves. Yeah. And so like that, that hit me for two reasons. Number one, first off, that's 
very honest. And I think that it changed the way, not that I listened to the record, but I felt like, you know, this was more, this was less about me, the consumer, and more about her, the musician, having something to say. And it also made me question, okay, what's her relationship with her primary band? What's her primary, you know, her, her, her primary um, path of work, because this is like a side project. Is, is this what she really wants to do? Is what the other is, you know, is this other thing, the just jumping through hoops to pay a bill? Like it made me want to dive more and it really kind of humanized not the music, but the musician behind it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think she is like a, again, you should, if, if you appreciated that, Patrick, I think you should get all you can of her because she's, she's full of like these kind of like deep wisdom nuggets that seem like, Oh, you just know that? Like you didn't have to like like that just comes out of you. I mean, of course it does. This is this, she's the one who makes this music. But like, especially I think if you listen to Sound and Color, that album is so rangy. It goes all over the mm-hmm. place. And and it's full of like like pain. Like it's a, it's like talking a lot about like the, the album Thunder Bitch is like like fuck the pain, fuck the world, let's party, you know? and yeah um it's gonna burn and that's okay you know and yeah. um and i think that sound and color is more of like an album that's like uh what is my place in the world and what do i do with all my experiences and memories and things like that and then so then she has one is it one solo record after yeah. that jamie mm-hmm. yeah named after her sister who died mm. um and it's even more far-reaching it's less it's less together like like sounding color has a vibe you know yeah and and um jamie is like really kind of all over the place in terms of experimentation it's, it sounds like her and it all and it's all good but it's like it's like a compilation record of all of britney howard's different stuff and uh i don't think we know i mean i think i really think she's a genius and um and I think that's reflected in like just that self-awareness of being like, so, so Alabama shakes were like discovered in like 2011 or whatever. It took forever and, 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 and or maybe before that. And then it took forever for boys and girls to come out and then sound and color came out it took forever for sound and color to come out. You could tell like, she's one of these artists who's like, yeah, I know that you guys want me to release this, but I'm going to release this when I'm ready and when it's ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that that going back to that quote, I don't think that this is uh, Patrick. I don't think this is like her being that Thunder Bitch is her being like this is who I am. I think it's like this is I'm I am my musical tastes are big enough and broad enough and deep enough that I can do a whole record that's just garage rock, and maybe it'll become a thing or maybe it won't. You know. Um, you can kind of tell that, like, especially the way it kind of came out. It was just like a burst. It was like this, like, <laughs> yeah, she was basically bursting a creative pimple. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, bam, there it is. Yeah. Enjoy that. Exactly. And the thing is, it's it's awesome. But it is it, awesome. I I do have one criticism with this, and and this is kind of like a, I guess more or less a backhanded compliment. Accelerate the REM album that 
like Michael Stipe, yeah. when he dropped the Accelerate album, um, he said he wanted to have an album that like people would treat as an album, like put on track one through whatever, but you could listen to in one sitting. And, you know, like it really, I think partly because I had been conditioned through our like, you know, formative years to track one, track, track three, track four, track five, and then maybe track seven, depending on who it is, you know, but, but not listening to albums as much as listening to the singles, you know, I, I really listened to this as an album, but like, you know, when, when I got done, I almost felt it was too short. Like I really appreciated that it felt like, I, I mean, not that it felt like I, I listened mm-hmm. to it in one sitting, you know, and it was, I enjoyed it, but I felt like I still wanted more, but like immediate, you know, gratification. I, it wasn't like, oh, let me go grab another record or put it on, or oh, mm-hmm. this inspires me to go pick up, you know, this Zeppelin or this P-Funk, you know, like it really, mm-hmm. it made me wish that it had just like, because the songs are short. I, I wish they had like three or four more songs because selfishly I wasn't done. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I really enjoyed the just aesthetic experience of just, you know, I can't tell you a single like song title mm-hmm. on the, the whole album without looking it up. I just I, I, I think of the experience I had. And it was just like it left me wanting more, but not in that cool way where I want to like, you know, OK, I'm going to go to Google. I'm going to go to Amazon and buy everything that I possibly can with it. It was just like. I was I was almost there. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but like they didn't come back for the encore. Yeah, they yeah. just left, and the lights came on. And it's like, man, you know, Zoso didn't play Stairway to Heaven. What <laughs> in the world are you here for? If you, you know, I yeah, I think that's the, probably in the spirit of the band. It's just kind of like burnout bright and fine with disappointing you. Yeah. You know. And, and I say it like, you know, yes, I was disappointed, but I'm disappointed with a smile. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's not like, you know, Philip and well, I, we like had to go watch Patrick, Boston. In the, in Patrick, <laughs> in like the, in the, in the heyday of like the Rabones, they would only play like 25 to 30 minute sets. Yeah, so and that was I mean, 40 it, songs. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they play them faster so they get them done sooner. But I mean, that I think that's kind of the vibe of the album. I, I, which is fine which great. is fine like you no, know no 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 yeah it it's is just what like, it is i was if you want more though patrick so if you if you want more then you should listen you, i would spend yeah go back to sound and color and then go to jamie because there's more it's it's less like a one sound thing and there's more and sound and color in particular i feel like it's um when we when we were originally going to talk about that i was like listen to it i was like i don't have a favorite track yeah. on here like i actually kind of have problems with all the tracks but they're my i know they're my problems uh-huh. you know like it's, it's my problem because i just like am not willing to like to just like be stoned enough to like to like sit with this groove as long as she's sitting with it or something or like or like it's um because i don't like the blues as much as as much as these guitar heads do or something like mm-hmm. that but like but what, what what's your what's your favorite track on this record? On this record, probably my very yeah. best friend. I that's mine. 
Yeah. So I think it has, it reminds me too of like Johnny Thunders and like Exile on Main Street era, yes. like Rolling Stones. Yes. So, I, I, was, I thought the same thing. I thought Exile I too. It. Yeah. With this. I kept picturing the drummer playing left handed on this. I'm not sure why. <laughs> but I was like, you know what I mean? Instead of doing, yeah. instead of doing this, doing this, it just had that kind of like, that kind of like mm-hmm. rambling kind of sound. Like, 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 like it was like a, like this very coordinated trash can rolling down the street or something like that. But it was like, uh, yeah, I think my very best friend, and it's it's a nice um, uh, set that ends the album. Because um, the next is my baby is my guitar. Yeah. Um, and is that the one that's got this like? It, it, is that the one that has like the kind of like cream style like bass line? It's like boom doo do doo do boom 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 something like that it's just it's like something yeah. kind of like thing mm-hmm. um yeah it just felt like a bar band almost yeah you know yeah, that's great um patrick patrick do you have a do you have a favorite i had two but they're not going to be for like really good reasons because well, like go, i said that's you fine know, I, it's I all about feel viewed, just go with it i truly viewed this as like an album the yeah. third track, uh, I just want to rock and roll. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, again, I'm terrible with song titles, so I did look this up, you know. So, yeah. you know, uh, I just want to rock and roll. That's the song that snapped me out and made me realize, oh, I'm already on track three. Like, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't that I wasn't engaged, it's that it brought me in so much. That was the one that kind of snapped me out of it. And the other was uh, Wild Child, because, yeah. you know, and that's the sixth track that mm-hmm. stood out to me because, like, that's where it just, you know, and Matt, I'm all about like, I'm almost obsessed with the art of like creation through recreation and mm-hmm. like how, like, I, I love that in Western music, we only have 12 notes and, mm-hmm. you know, we can manipulate this so that we can still create using such a limited palette. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, you can, <laughs> Of course, you can like, you know, oh, but there's quarter tones or, oh, don't forget the Eastern Hemisphere. No, I'm yeah. talking like just, you know, but, you know, it brought me back to Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And it made me think like, I mean, this really, the intro reminded me straight up of Zeppelin. And and so it was like, you know, as we have alluded to tonight, like it's paying homage, but at the same time, it's giving something new and fresh. And you see these like just little references to 60s or or um the garage bands or the surf rock or whatever and like that those two for those reasons stood out to me the most and and not even because of the music itself but because of like how it made me feel and what it made me think of in the moment which the honest truth is that i have not had that experience in a long time listening to something for the first time, yeah. which was really, again, like for two reasons. One, it was like really appreciated to, to have that feeling again. But then for nostalgic purposes, Matt, like this was our relationship for however many years ago, you know, mm-hmm. here, check this out. Or, oh yeah, this girl dissed you. Ch- check out uh, Jen, Jen doesn't like you anymore on, <laughs> on losing streak, you know, like right. it just, <laughs> The nostalgic factor was there, but like just a lot of emotions into this album. And so, I mean, like, I'm so glad that, you know, you, you turned us on to this. It's like 
okay i like this yeah 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 she's um she's a force um yeah I'm definitely going to be digging into some of that other stuff because yeah. I did start listening to Sound and Color, which I really liked, and you know, and then we kind of pivoted to this. But yeah, yeah sorry, you need to check Thank out you. all that. No, no, Thank no, you no, for no, going with me. I mean, I, I hadn't listened to this at all when I, yeah. I, I think I was into one track, and I was like, we should talk about this. It would be fun to talk about one that was new to all of us. Yeah, and okay. um, and so that's why I did that. And I was like, I was like, we'll still be able to talk about Sound and Color because you can't talk about this and not talk about Brittany Howard. Um, yeah, that's and, right. And uh, you can't talk about sound and color and not talk about Brittany Howard because so much of it's her vision and her execution. It's it's like depressing and inspiring to listen to her music because it sounds it sounds so effortless and and so old and so new at the same time. You know, I, I love what you were saying, Patrick, about the reinvention. You know, like mm-hmm. that. It made me think about you know I teach art now, and it made me think about the history of of painting. Um, and the history of painting over the last, you know, 150 years or so, 170 years or so has been one of artists trying to, essentially trying to kill painting or trying to make the scales fall from everyone's eyes about what a joke this is or trying to disabuse everyone of their, like, their navel gazing by turning painting against itself and i think there's something about that with rock and roll too like there's all these movements to try and kill it but what they do is they just open up more space in it and make it bigger you know so it's like you have punk but punk just turns into like post-punk and new wave and punk just turns into post-punk and then and then then you have and you have rock and blues rock and that but it's like like hard rock and and that burns like metal and then yeah. and then you just have like all these different types of music that like kind of, it's like this it like just like scatters into all these different types of music and all they do is kind of like actually feel out how much is actually there within that set of 12 notes and i mean <laughs> largely let's just say it because of black people <laughs> yeah yeah uh like the the music historians talked about talked about uh, it was originally seen as like a, a like a, a bad thing um, or a, a primitive thing, like the way that the way that black singers would quote worry the notes, meaning mm. feel all the space between each of the twelve notes in their yeah. singing and yeah. playing. But what that does is it lends all this expressiveness to it and it right. allows us to change keys and you know or to have all kinds of like music theory shit that I can't, I'm not qualified to talk about, you know? Um, but I know that the blues and jazz all come from that to say nothing of everything else. So it's, but it's nice to have it. It's also nice to just drink like a Red Bull of rock and roll, which is what this yeah. Yeah. felt like to me. <laughs> from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to shove a thumb on my ass and be really, really pretentious to make myself like, <laughs> try to sound more intelligent than I actually really am here, but like, go for it, Matt, with what you just said, like, so, I mean, this is the classic, like Apollo versus Dionysus argument. Like, uh-huh. and, and you see this in, you know, again, I'm, I'm being completely pretentious. You see this throughout history with music and art because they're completely, I would argue completely inseparable. I mean, you know, but, but the, the every hundred years that pendulum shifts, 
to like, you know, okay, we got to follow the rules. We're just perfection here, the Apollo side of things. And mm-hmm. then, oh, no, the wine, the passion, what what do we feel? Yeah. What, what yeah, are we yeah. Like, we're in a postmodern era right now, which is not an official term. Because, you know, this just means we're after the modern era. Well, like, we, yeah, don't, yeah. we don't know what we're going to be, like, calling ourselves in 200 years. We don't know what, but... yeah. In large part to the internet, in large part to like the the connectivity of the arts and humanity, we like it. This album specifically was so refreshing because mm-hmm. it it was almost exempt from who are we, what are we, what are we trying to do. This was music for music's sake, just to enjoy and be fun. Somebody had something to say, and so they said it, and somebody was willing to listen to it. Yeah, and like that's ultimately what I really appreciated with this album compared to the bubblegum crap that's forced down our throats because somebody's got to make money mm-hmm. and versus like I'm rediscovering this group from the fifties that I didn't appreciate, or I'm listening through a new ear now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm looking at through a new lens now comparatively in analysis. Mm-hmm. Like I really appreciated, like I said, about like, this was just fun and it was enjoyable. And I think that mm-hmm. like sometimes we can overthink, which again, mm-hmm. as musicians, we do like, but I think sometimes <laughs> it's okay to just sit back and enjoy and have fun. And remember like the whole purpose of this is to like, you know, feed the soul. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Feed the soul in by like wishing you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. That's what it, I mean. That's that's what it feels like to me. Is like when you talk about somebody had something to say and they said it. That 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 is like a teenager thing, you know. It's like, and I think that's part of what's admirable about this is just like her ability, the band's ability to kind of to do that. Because the older you get, the harder it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we gotta we gotta land the plane here. So All right, let's land it. I really appreciate it. <laughs> my my so, Mac is about to sleep. Yeah. So yeah, well, let's do it here. So. Matt, thanks again for joining us. It was a pleasure to, to talk with you. Yeah, and, let's uh, do it again. Yeah, anytime. We'll just hang out. Anytime. Yeah. Hang out but. All right, take care, man. Love you guys. Bye. All right. Bye. Take care. Stokes County Boys is brought to you in part by Bull City Bows and Ties. Gussy up your puppy with these easy-to-attach fashion collar accessories. Your kitty will be sitting pretty in these handsome bows and ties. So go to etsy.com slash shop slash Bull City Bows and Ties to see over 50 styles and patterns. Founder and CEO is vet technician by day, pet fashion icon by night. Independently owned and operated, Bull City Bows and Ties can be found on Facebook or Etsy shop. Once again, etsy.com slash shop slash Bull City Bows and Ties. Bull City Bows and Ties. Tell them the Stokes County Boys sent you. So shout out to the Stokes County Boy Podcast and the Patron St. Andrew.